it also empowered my team to solve more problems and take on more responsibility and grow within themselves as well. So the business really boomed when I took a step back from not being in their day to day. Welcome to the Business Muscle Podcast, where we empower entrepreneurs to transform their businesses into unstoppable empires. I'm Elise, CPA turned serial entrepreneur. And I'm Arielle, a seasoned physical therapist and business owner. We're two female entrepreneurs with a passion for helping small business owners like you achieve massive success. With our combined expertise, we've scaled to an impressive seven businesses in less than seven years. And guess what? Each of them was profitable right from the start. But we didn't stop there. We're here to share our secrets, strategies, and insider tips to help you turn your business into a thriving reality. And hey, we're not just all about business. As a physical therapist and fitness instructor, we'll also sprinkle in some fitness and wellness tips along the way. Join us on the Business Muscle Podcast every Monday as we guide you step-by-step towards financial freedom and building the business of your dreams. It's time to level up your business. Get ready to flex your business muscle. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. Today we have Danielle Harasek, who is the owner of Two Aglow Airbrush Tanning Studios in North Andover, Mass, and Wyndham, New Hampshire. She is also the president of sales and marketing for the Aglow franchise. Danielle started as a client at Aglow in 2017, then became their social media manager and grew to owning two studios in just four years. Danielle is a stepmom and a boy mom to a 12 and two-year-old, a wife, and all-around badass. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So before before we dive in, why don't you tell everyone what a glow is? So a glow is a luxury airbrush tanning studio. We are, as you said, a, fr- a new franchise, um, and we offer just a super comfortable, happy experience for the client. Um, airbrush tanning is done with um, an airbrush technician, so there's no boots or anything. So you get a flawless tan specifically for your body type and your skin tone. Amazing! And tell us what you were doing before you found a glow. So before I found Aglow, I was working in the corporate world. I had a really great career at the TGX companies um, in product development. I was designing, well, not myself designing, but I was a product manager for uh, bedding, pillows, throws, all those fun things you see in like home goods and uh, home sense. And uh, we would travel to Asia, India, Europe, all over the U.S., that was a really great a really great starting point in my career and then i moved on to new balance and i was a trim developer there for apparel so i had a very fun career but i did feel like a little bit unfulfilled in some ways where i like i couldn't really pinpoint it too much of what i was unhappy about but there was a lot of things in my life i felt unhappy about and i one day just decided to like burn my life to the ground pretty much because I was like, I have to make all these changes in my life to find my ultimate happiness, what I really deeply desire in my life. So I quit my job. I left my relationship and I sold my house and I decided to start over, to totally start over at 32 years old. And so that was the beginning of my new life. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And just get a fresh start. Yeah. So did you always picture yourself being a business owner or what brought you into this? So I, I always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I would, I started a jewelry line and I would like go to local salons and try to sell my jewelry there. 
I um, I don't know if you guys remember those like temporary foil tattoos that were like gold and silver. It was like mm-hmm. the hottest thing. I would buy those in bulk in New York and like come back and cut them all up and sell them for like five bucks each. We were hustling. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. So I knew I was going to start a business. I just couldn't like figure out what that was going to be. Great. And then what drew you into a glow as a client? So at that time when I decided to start my life over, I really you know, there's obviously some very low moments and I had to find a way to like really find my power and my confidence once again um, in this new life that I was building. And I booked an appointment at a glow and I got a spray tan and it just gave me this boost of confidence that I just, it's like, it was so indescribable. I just felt so powerful. And I started really saying no to the things that I did not want, saying yes to the things I really deeply desired. And um, it just led me to like my now husband, my best friends, and it led me to building a connection with Kara, the founder of Aglow. That's great. So how long were you a client before you started working for Aglow? I was a client for about a year or so. And then Kara, the founder, needed help with social media uh, branding. And I was doing that for a few other companies. Um, I was doing like some fashion blogging too. So I was very well versed in that area. And, you know, I was falling in love with the brand as a client. And I was like, yes, I can totally help you build this brand. Like I am your target audience here. So um, that's how we got connected. And I started working within the brand. All right. So that's awesome. So you're working at social media. And then whose idea was it for you to open your own location? Or how did that come about? Were there already franchises or were you the first franchise? Kara, the founder, actually, she started doing licensing agreements and I wanted to be part of it. After working a full in-season as a spray technician at the studio, I just saw the impact it had on so many women. And I was like, I need to spread this mission far and wide because I knew how it made me feel. And I was seeing it like multiply by these women who were coming in. So I presented the idea to Kara and she was like, heck yes. Um, So I knew it had to be in North Andover. I was so drawn to that area. Um, I loved that North Andover and Andover were so close together. And I loved how close it was to the North Shore. And I found this perfect location. Actually, I think my husband found it, but we were right under a dance studio um, and it was so close to Middleton. So I felt like it was just it just was all right. And it also was like a big white box, if you will. And as you guys know, building out a studio, like that's the best case scenario Mm -hmm. is like having nothing in there and being able to build it out to the studio that you want. That's awesome. So how long was the process from being like, I think I want to open my own to actually turning the key, opening the business, having that launch date? What was that like? So I set a goal, like I have to go through one more in-season. Our in-season is the spring, like when everybody goes, you know, to prom and weddings and this and that. So I wanted to save as much money as I could. So that was at the beginning of 2019. And I ended up opening August, 2019. Awesome. I think it's great that you worked in the business. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people just jump into things and they have no experience in it Mm -hmm. and they might not know what the challenges are or the hurdles. And you were in there, you did the smart way. You went through the busy season. You probably got to see a lot of the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. So that when you went to open yours, there's probably so many things that you avoided just because you had lived in it. You put the time, you didn't just expect to 
open it. I like yeah. when people like start from the bottom and they work their way up. They see everything. Yes. So our second fixed location, that's exactly what happened. Our co-owner in that location, she worked the desk, then became like a clinician, then became yes. a studio owner. And now she's seen everything. It gives you perspective. It really does. And it, I think it makes you a better leader too, because you can help lead your team as they're going through starting at your studio um, as they rise in their positions too. You can connect to them on that level because you've experienced it. You've lived it. Definitely. And social media is definitely one of your strengths. I feel like your social media is so clean. It's so well done. And you were doing it for them before you even launched your own business. Mm -hmm. Was that a key to your advertising strategy when you opened North Andover or what was the main strategy leading up to that first opening? Yeah. My main strategy was just to get people to know I existed. <laughs> that was my big thing. Let them know we're here. So I attended every networking event. I possibly could. I made all these connections with incredible women in the area. I took a class at your studio. I was like, who is my target audience? Where is she going to work out? Where is she shopping? Where is she getting her facials? And I wanted to be around these women, like in a very authentic way. You know, I wanted to connect with our community and grow our community. So that's really how I started growing. It's so important just getting FaceTime and really yeah. getting to know people and being there in person and making these connections. Mm -hmm. So what was it like? You mentioned, you know, being able to relate to your staff and things like that as you transitioned into more of an ownership role. How do you feel like you stepped into that role? And what was the transition like from being an employee to being an owner? So in that sense, it was like fairly easy because I had already done that job and I knew how the day-to-day ran. It was more on the business side of this is sink or swim. Nobody's coming to save me. And I have to figure out how to make this business thrive, especially for my employees who are working for me because I wanted them to be really successful. I wanted them to make a lot of money. I wanted them to feel fulfilled and happy too. So that first year of business, you guys did really well. You were able to eventually open a second location, but what were some of the challenges that maybe you didn't see coming in that first year or some of the hurdles you had to overcome? Well, it was actually, we were open for six months and COVID hit. So just a minor hurdle, just, you know, just a little thing. It's a world pandemic. <laughs> so we opened in August, 2019, COVID hit March, 2020. We were all supposed, I was also supposed to get married that month as well. So we had to cancel my wedding and shut down my business at the same time. So that was really terrible, but I was not going to let myself become a victim to this. I was not going to like stay in that poor me pen mentality. So um, we sold self-tanner in the studio, but it wasn't that popular because everybody comes in for their spray tans. But we decided you know, everybody's at home. They need to pick me up. They're going to get our self-tanner. So we started a website where clients were able to purchase our self-tanner online. And we were out there every day delivering self-tanner because everybody was so happy. And, you know, that was such a very hard time for everyone. It just brought such like hope and excitement to their day. And um, so that's how we stay connected to our community, to our clients. And I feel like that helped us um, grow our clientele when we were able to reopen. It was like nothing changed. Like they all came back plus more. 
that's amazing. I love that. I feel like those are the things that people don't realize about being a business owner. They see it as this like glorious thing. They don't realize that you're out there doing deliveries yeah. to people's homes. Yeah. And it just, it's so important. It just, I'm sure built such a connection with the clients that you did have. Yeah. So what was the support that you got from Aglow being a franchise owner, especially in the beginning and opening your doors? What well, was a license, right? Or was it a franchise? Well, so right at that time, it was licensing. And yeah. as I was opening Wyndham, it turned into a franchise. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So gotcha. I actually got to experience yeah, both. Experience both. both. Yeah. So tell us about how the support yeah. you got as a licensing, yeah. you know, um, yeah. opening the studio in that way, and then how that differed from the second studio. Yeah. So uh, the support that I got was absolutely amazing. So Kara, the founder, she did this herself, right? So she opened up her first studio in a little tiny, um, like 600 square foot space. And so she built this brand from scratch too. So she walked in my shoes. So she was able to help me, um, you know, strategize of what we need to do to, you know, build a clientele, to um, run the day to day, how to grow a team and all of that. So there was a lot of support on that end. Um, And then opening up Wyndham being a franchise, there were so many systems put in place by that point that it was literally like, here's your link, click it, buy it, go. So Wyndham, I mean, Wyndham, we didn't do as much um, by ourselves in North Andover. Like we literally like every day, you know, we're there with our tools and, you know, I mean, you did that too, like setting everything up. Um, But with Wyndham at that point, I also have my son and I was like, I'm just paying somebody to get this up and running. I have all the links. Let's go. It was like you, it was like 30 days. You could be done set up with the whole build up. That's amazing. I feel like that's such a huge perk of, for somebody that's thinking like, I want to do my own business. Do you want to start from scratch yes. and build anything, everything literally from the ground up, which you don't even see all the processes people oh have in the background. Or if you go into a business that's already established, there is, you're paying for it, but there's a huge perk to having all that groundwork already set for you. And then having the support of Kara and other franchise owners and other people in your mm-hmm. network to like kind of lean on to, I think is pretty huge. Yes. I mean, starting a business, having a mentor, a business mentor, in general is so helpful to help you almost collapse time in your growth. But having a mentor that's literally walked in your shoes and built this exact business is absolutely priceless. Was she part of the decision to open the second one? Or like what made you feel like, all right, I'm ready. We got through COVID. When was that decision made? So the decision was made when, um, so it was, you know, during, so we opened in 2020, what is this? 2023. So 2022. So we decided um, with the growth of North Andover, it was so amazing. I knew that I had to keep growing, but I didn't know in what way. So we ended up having our baby in 2021. We built a house in Salem, New Hampshire. So we were sort of moving our life up to New Hampshire. And at that same time, there were all these crazy mandates going on. And my husband um, was almost like forced out of her job for not applying, uh, complying to mandates. And we just decided, you know, like you should be fulfilling your dreams too. He was, you know, he's in the army, then he was a correctional officer. So he's always done like that um, civil service. It's a very different life from a business owner. And 
he really wanted to fulfill his dreams as a real estate agent. We're like, this is the time. Just do it. This is your time. So as you know, with real estate, you only make money on your commissions. Like it's, you don't get paid any salary or anything. So I felt like it was my responsibility to step up in the team. You know, we're a team. So I said like, how can we grow our studios? We can add a third room into North Andover, but that's not going to do as much. What if we opened up another location close to home? It's close to daycare. We'll be right down the street. And so we started looking in Salem and nothing really um, stood out to us. And then the space opened up a window and I was like, we got to do it. This is a no brainer. We have to go. And Kara's like, go get them, girl. Like all the support in the world. You've already done it. You can do it again. That's awesome. What was it going from one to two? What was it like? So it was, so build out was piece of cake. Easy. I knew exactly what to do. Like I said, click the link, buy, done. It was more of um, mentally, it was, it was something I didn't expect because I was basically starting over. And I was like, what did I just do? Because I was very comfortable with North Andover. The girls are running the studio. They're crushing it. And I was basically running the business from home. And now I was starting over. I was rebuilding and building a clientele. I was spraying. I was the airbrush technician again, not just the business owner. And I was, I had a lot of days where I was like, what did I just do? But I knew I, I was like, you have to push through because you know, you're going to see the benefits on the other side. This is going to benefit your family. We're going to get through this, you know, difficult time of, you know, the initial months of starting your business. And of course it did. We pushed through and it all, it all worked out. I know you had mentioned too, when you were in North Andover and you did have your baby that it almost like pulled you out of the business a little bit. Tell us what that was like and how that actually helped your business to grow. Yeah. So when I had my son, um, I took like an entrepreneur's maternity leave where, you know, you don't actually stop working. So I was running the business at home. And what was so helpful with that was like, I almost had a bird's eye view of the business and I was able to see the areas that we needed to tweak, um, strategies that we needed to change, things that were working that weren't And it also empowered my team to solve more problems and take on more responsibility and grow within themselves as well. So the business really boomed when I took a step back from not being in their day to day. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part for a lot of business owners is transitioning from being the technician to being more of the owner. So what are some pieces of advice you would give to someone who's in that position right now and really wanting their team to succeed and kind of take ownership and take step into their own leadership roles? Well, you know, it's like you said, it's so hard because you feel like sometimes like your worthiness is tied into being there in the day to day. But you really want to empower your team to grow within themselves too. If we aren't growing, we're dying, right? We want our team to be thriving. So I would say make a list of all the things that you do literally every day and pull the things out that you can delegate to your team to empower them, to make them better leaders themselves. And then the things that you really love to do 
focus on those things and like grow within that as a leader yourself. What are some of the things that you loved to do? And what are some of the things that you kept? And what are the, some of the things that you delegated to your team? Well, I absolutely love the marketing, um, the social media, the branding. And so I went crazy, like as a um, the president of sales and marketing too, I went crazy with our branding and our marketing at that time. I decided to overhaul like our whole operations manual. Like I just really dug into it. Canva was my best friend, like on it. Every oh, we love Canva. I love it. Yeah. And then the day-to-day things more of like customer relations on like a one-on-one level. Like why would I be contacting clients if I'm not even spraying them? You know, the it led our team to grow a deeper relationship with our clients, with the follow-ups, checking in on them. How was your tan? How was your wedding? You know, it really helped them build relationships. Are you all able to come up with your own processes for like the client journey with the follow-ups or does every single location, every franchise have the same procedures or are you able to be like, nope, this is the way we're going to do it in Wyndham. This is the way we're going to do it in North Andover. Um, It's pretty much the same because it works. So it's like it's trickled down from, you know, the the top from franchising. Um, And it's just because it works. And like our business is pretty simple. There's it's not complex. And when we put the strategies in place, it's super intentional. Yeah. So we're a customer service business, just like you are, like it's all services. So the client journey for us is everything. Mm -hmm. What are some of the key things you guys do for your customers that make sure that you're retaining them and that they're wanting to come back? And more importantly, they're telling other friends because that's probably most of the organic growth is somebody loving and having the best experience with the tan and then telling five friends. Yeah. It's really about their experience when they come in for their tan. It's they feel so comfortable when they come in. I mean, it's a very vulnerable thing to just strip down in front of somebody. Yeah, the first time I did it, I'm like, oh, naked right here? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just in the middle of a room. Okay. Yeah. So it's making the client feel extremely comfortable knowing that, you know, we tan all different body shapes, sizes, colors, like everything. And everybody's been through something. And like your body is amazing, right? We are here thriving and we're going to make you feel the best you've ever felt. And so that's really what's been our great connection with our clients. Um, They feel so happy that they want to tell everybody that is in their lives to come here and experience this as well. So making sure that we're following up with clients. We love hearing from brides, um, seeing their pictures. That's such a huge day for a woman, you know? So we want to make sure that they feel so confident and great on that day. Um, and then, um, other ways that we, uh, well, for our new first-time clients, we always give them a little care bag when they're leaving with the, all the care instructions. We give them a couple samples of our self-tanner if they need any touch-ups and our buttercream so they keep their hands hydrated. Um, so just a few things like that that really are just adding value. Awesome. And do you have like a management system that you guys use? Are you using Excel or Google Docs to track these new clients and following up? Because you said like a lot of the girls are following up with the new clients. How do you guys have processes around that? So the girls will follow up with clients who they tanned. So our business isn't um, based on booking with a specific airbrush technician. We train everybody the same so that every client feels comfortable coming in. It's consistent. But um, so say a bride comes in for her wedding 
the airbrush technician that sprayed her will follow up with her to check in. Um, so there's no like, there's no like client management system. It's yeah. we have one shared um, like text system that we communicate with our clients. So we all see the conversations going on. The texting is so huge. We use Brandbot for our texting and just having that, like you said, the whole team's able to see what's yeah. going on instead of having like a, a standalone phone in the studio. It yeah. makes your life so much easier. Yeah. So whatever system you, you guys are like, what do we do? We use Brandbot. There's so many out there though that you could do that just kind of streamline things for your business. Yeah. We use Grasshopper. So the calls come in through this line and you can choose um, who is able to get the calls. So it's really just me and my manager. And then everybody can see the text messages and communicate. Yeah. And that gives the client just such a different experience than going somewhere else for a spray tan. It just feels very personal and it lets them know that you care about what they're going through and Mm -hmm. really relating to their life and why they came to see you in the first place. I think that that client experience is great and why clients continue to come to see you. Yeah. It's everything. Honestly, it's everything. And, And we come from such a very genuine place, you know, so I think clients can feel that. Definitely. So when I opened my business, I didn't have a baby at the time Mm -hmm. and I thought I was so busy. And then I had Mason and I'm running these locations and I'm like, I had so much time back then. Like, (laughs) what was I actually doing for all these hours a day that I can get everything done now in like a two and a half hour nap window? So you have a son. He's two now, right? Yep. Yep. He's two. So similar to Mason. So how do you run two locations? You have a son, your husband's Hours are probably not. Yes. They're probably all over the place. Yes. Give us your give us your insight. Give us the insider tips on how we do this. Well, I do get up very early, so I cherish those early morning hours. Um, I'm usually waking up between four and four thirty, and my husband and I have days that we go to the gym because you know you can't both leave the house with the two year old at home. So we rotate days, and so if I'm not at the gym in the morning, then I'm either doing something like for myself, so either meditating, journaling, something like that, or I'm working on a project that is time sensitive. And I am always very fresh in the morning. Like my my that's when my brain likes to work at the end of the day, forget it. So I do things that are at the top of my priority list. Um, I'll get those things done. And then when it's like 637, that's when I you know, get the breakfast going, my son's waking up, and then you got to get to work. Then the phone's ringing and everything's happening. So those early mornings getting set up for the day are really, really important to me. Yeah, I think you just learn to make time. Oh, yeah. Make time for things that are important. I love that you always are making time for fitness or your meditation. Mm -hmm. And I'll see your stories and you'll be up at 430, like the day after like a holiday. And I'm like, this is it. This is the stuff I wish people could see more of Mm because this is what being a business owner is. It's not like our Instagram reels and us at coffee shops. It's like by yourself at 430 in the morning, grinding so you could get home and see your kid. Yes. Because that's it. Right. Because I want to be there when he wakes up. That is my favorite time of the day, seeing him pop his head out of that crib, like the best. I don't want to miss it. So if I have to get up at 4 a.m., my favorite place to work is Press Cafe and like their espresso is so good. So I just, I know that's where I can work the best. So I'll go there. They open at five. I'll get there. I'll work for two hours and I'll bomb home and then I'll be there for when he wakes up. (laughs) Yeah. And when I was working my full-time job before Um, I opened sweat fix. This is what I'd have to do. I would just carve out time. So whether you have a kid or you have another job and people are like, 
I just don't have enough time to work out or I don't have enough time to work on this business plan. You have to make time. Yes. We all have the same amount of time. It's just you have to, it has to be a priority. Exactly. It's like you decide what is a priority for you. My priorities maybe look different for you and that's okay, but you have to figure out what the priorities are for you that are going to get you ahead in life. Yeah. And there's seasons. So every season, the priorities can change and things can shift Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Maybe this summer, the business isn't the top priority. It's like your family, there's vacations, but then in the winter, there might be times you're not there when your son wakes up in the morning Mm because you have to do something for the business a couple of days a week. And it's just, things are always shifting. Right. You have to flow with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Right. Absolutely. So now as you own two, like what are some of the new challenges that you're facing and balancing, letting your team run um, and being kind of in the role that you've built there where you're more of the owner and then getting wind of kind of up and running and off the ground? What are some of the new challenges? Well, it's again, um, letting people know we exist here. So it's like repeating those same things again. Um, And it's just different now that you have two studios, right? Because you had all the time in the world before, because this is your only focus. But I still have, you know, employees I'm managing at the other studio and clients calling and this and that. Um, So it's just a challenge of like, there's more. Um, And in addition to that, just having a baby, like, you know, if he's sick, I have to be home. I, I can't just, you know, like leave, you know, leave him obviously. But, um, when you're starting out your new location, you're doing all the things over again that you did in the beginning. So it's just the challenge of like managing all of that and just being okay with, it may not look exactly like it did last time in the first opening and that's okay. We'll figure it out. But, um, also just, you know, it's like a new clientele here. It's, um, a new workforce here. We're in a whole different state. We're not even in Massachusetts anymore. So there's different laws. There's, you know, all these things that are just a little bit different that you're navigating, but what is always going to be consistent is like our brand and our messaging and all that. So we always have that to fall back on. Yeah. And always just going back to the mission, right? And that helps drive the decisions that you're making for the businesses. Does this fall within our mission and our values? That's something that we find super important. And when we're looking for staff or deciding, you know, if we're going to add something new, like, does it still fall within the mission? And it's so clear as far as what your mission is here, which is really amazing to watch. Yeah. You nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what are some of the things that you look for in potential staff or someone that you want to be on your team? How have you built such a successful team um, at your studios? Um, So having a lot of compassion, um, you have to make sure that your clients are feeling extremely comfortable around you. That's like the number one thing. We want um, somebody who's very team oriented. A lot of our shifts are actually like worked alone. Um, but it's all the work we do within the studio to set up for the next airbrush technician to come in and have a successful shift. So teamwork is super important. Um, having this high level of excellence, you know how they say like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So we want to make sure that they, you know, want to excel like in their own personal life too. Like, like when our employees, have personal goals, I feel like that makes them even better in the studio um, because they just have, you know, big goals, big passions and big things that they're working towards. What would you say your management style is like and has it changed as you've grown with the business and has as things have started to expand a little bit? 
Um, that's a really good question. I feel like I used to be way more controlling and you have to let some things go. And I don't mean things that would affect the business, but you know, more of the delegating or, um, things that you just, you know, like with having a baby, you have to like surrender to sometimes. Right. And you also just want, like in the beginning, I wanted to have control because I wanted things to be like, how I learned them and I wanted things to be just the right way. But I learned over time, like as you're growing your team, there's different personalities and different learning styles that you have to adapt to as a leader. You have to be able to accommodate to these things within, um, you know, the changes within your business or just your different employees. Yeah, that's a lesson that we learned. I feel like there's been a lot of lessons that we've learned over the years managing. But one thing was we realized that we sometimes we just expected employees to know what to do. Oh, yeah. Even though we never sat down and actually had it written out. These are the expectations. This is your role. Yes. And I feel like now whenever somebody's onboarded, we have it all fully. But at the beginning, Mm -hmm. we're like, why aren't they doing that? And I'm like, maybe we didn't actually directly tell them. We just expected them to do it the way that we do it. Yes. Um, have there ever been things like that in your business where you're like, oh, why was I doing it that way? And you've kind of flipped the switch on it now? Hmm. Because we have That's like hundreds questions. where I feel so like we've many. messed up so many times <laughs> along know. the way. And you just expect that everyone's going to be as, as passionate about what yeah. they what you do as you are because you're the owner. So it's just a little bit different sometimes when you have an employee who has a different perspective. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think that it all like comes down to what you're saying with having the systems in place. And that's why I like went crazy with the operations manual because I wanted every single detail in there. So there was no question about how you set up in the morning, how you close at night, right? All these little tiny things that exactly what you said, you, you would think like, why didn't they do that? But you didn't tell them like take responsibility and like, you know, put it in a manual and then, um, you know, you share the responsibility with the employee. I think that's a huge point. And we say this a bunch. I feel like we've said that in a couple of different interviews, but like as early as you can, making your manual or getting your processes in place, it might seem tedious and so annoying at the beginning, but you're going to save hours in the long Mm -hmm. run and everything's going to actually be run the same and look the same and done so much better. It's so much harder now when we go to help businesses and we have to now like unpack everything and then redo it the right way. It takes 10 times longer than just doing it the right way from the beginning, whether that is your accounting or that whether that's how you set up the studio, you open and close it, just like doing everything the right way and teaching your team initially Mm -hmm. saves you hours. Um, Was the operations manual something that you were a part of putting together or was that something that Aglow had written for you when you opened? Um, So when I became a licensed studio in North Andover, no, it did not exist. And so that was cool. Like moving through that, I realized so many things needed to put be put into place. We needed a strategy. We needed a manual. We needed X, Y, Z. So it was great. Kara and I came together and put this together. And I feel like that is what really propelled us into the franchise model because there is no question of what, you know, like we're saying, how you open the studio or how you contact a client, how you book an appointment, it's all in there. But the best part is, is that you're not starting from scratch. 
you are getting a business that has already been through all the very difficult times of figuring out your logo, your colors, your brands, your website, what systems you want to use, trademarking, all of these things take, could be years. And people don't see that work that goes behind that. So along with that, we're building brand awareness far and wide. Next week, Kara is going to Charleston and is a headlining sponsor for the Renaissance Women's Conference. And so she is going to be speaking there and promoting a glow. So as a studio owner, like you get that brand awareness that you don't even have to do part of that yourself. Obviously, your responsibility is within your community, but the franchise is out there promoting your business for you as well, which is huge. Yeah, that's great. And you still feel like you have the area where you can be creative though. Yes. It's still yours. Yes. But there you just have support there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There are certain guidelines that you have to follow, but it's all for a good reason. And it's really to keep the brand very strong and the brand awareness uh, very clear. So, you know, when you think of like going to Crumble Cookie, it, it all looks the same. Like everyone you go, you know exactly what you're getting when you go and you're excited. So when you come for an aglow tan, you know exactly what you're getting and you're excited. Yeah. So it's a good, it could be a good route for some people that don't mm-hmm. want to start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And I'd recommend, and you could probably speak this too, but going and actually not just taking their product, but work for them, shadow them, see yes. the ins and outs to see like, could I actually spend 24 hours a day working on this business before you just jump in? Because it could be a good way to go about it for some people that are like, I want to own my own business, but do you want to be the one that has to take it from the ground up? You want somebody to kind of help guide you. There's a lot of great businesses out there, even smaller ones. It's not, I think people think franchise, they're thinking McDonald's, they're thinking like huge franchises, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of like small ones. We have people come in to fix and they just shadow or they just pick our brain. And we're always just looking for people that are passionate about the same why that we are. Yes. People that we could see ourselves getting a drink with. Like you want to be around people that you can actually be in a partnership with. If you and Kara didn't see eye to eye, this would be a tricky partnership because you're yeah. working with her and probably talking to her so much so much you guys know like yeah. literally every second of the day our big thing we always say is talk in five like, <laughs> yeah. all hours of the day whether yeah. it's 4 a.m or yes. 9 p.m yes there are no boundaries no. yeah but that's really important to have someone that you trust and i think it's really awesome that you're getting just like a huge piece of getting a business off the ground is building the client trust. Yes. But since people already know what it is and they already have that trust, like that's a huge piece that you didn't have to focus on. So now you can focus on all the other things that you need to as a business owner. Yeah. And you know, what's really cool coming here to Wyndham. So we've, you know, never been in New Hampshire. We have clients coming in here that used to live in Massachusetts that would go to Kara's little tiny studio in Bedford when they lived in Massachusetts. And they're like, oh my God, there's an aglow here. I'm going there for sure. You know, so that's another amazing perk of becoming part of the franchise where clients already trust you before they even walk through your door. Yeah, that's amazing. So people that are looking to open their own business or maybe get into a franchise, what are some tips that you would give them or advice that you'd give people that are thinking about it? They're still working their full-time job. So I would say there's like two people who would 
buy into a franchise. One is somebody who's just like a total investor and they want a team to just run it. Like LeBron James owns like 18 Blaze pizzas. You think he's ever worked at a Blaze? No. So there's that side. And then there's the side of like me where I want to be so involved with the business because I am obsessed with it. So if you find a franchise that you absolutely love, their mission, their values, you spend time with the founder or whoever is going to be, you know, your mentor and you connect with them and you can see yourself within this business, like that's the biggest thing right there because you want to be super aligned with the brand so that you can continue to grow. Like having a franchise, like I said, it's like a rinse and repeat as you open up a new location. So if you can own multiple locations and you're so attached to that brand, like imagine how fulfilled you would be. But um, somebody who's looking to get into this, like maybe they already have a full-time job, like you said, I would just start working there on your off hours, get like use it as your part-time job, see what the in and outs are every day and making sure that you can fulfill every role. Because as you know, as a business owner, sometimes you're mopping the floors, like you're doing everything. A lot of times you're mopping yeah. the floors. <laughs> Scrubbing yeah. the toilets. Yes, <laughs> Totally. So you have to make sure like you are cool doing every single part of this job from top to bottom. Well, LeBron, if you're listening and you want to <laughs> buy into Fixed or a Glow, or a definitely glow. let us know. <laughs> um, but if not, yeah, that's a great place to start for someone who wants to own their own business. Yeah. So what do you think is next for you? Now you have your second location. What's next for you? What's next for a Glow? Where do you see yourself going from here? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I just want to see the brand reach as many women as possible. I would love to see the franchise grow and give this opportunity to more women. But I like locally within my communities here, I just want more women to know that we exist because I've seen the transformation in our clients when they come in and they get a tan, like they are all sorts of empowered and they do amazing things like you know, go on job interviews that they didn't have the courage to do before, or they go on their first dates, or, you know, they just lost a ton of weight and they want to feel amazing. And it, it's just so empowering. And I just love seeing it, like lifting the community up as a collective. Are we going to see in a glow from you number three coming soon? Or are we... I don't think the brakes so. On it, but not yet. Not yet. No. So we're year one into Wyndham and I just want to make sure I have this location running like a well-oiled machine before I even consider that. Super smart. Because sometimes when you scale, as you know, the hardest thing in a service is getting the right people and then yeah, things can just, the quality can go down. You want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're solid before you move. Do you guys have like goal setting meetings with your team where you're hitting targets? So we have goals as a team. Um, like we just had our big gold week sale. We had big goals for that. And then our in season, we have goals for that. So I always like to set the team goals, but then I go beyond that and work with each team member because not everybody works the same hours. So you want to have goals for each team member based on, you know, the hours or shifts that they work. So it's like, it makes sense for them. And then beyond that, working with Kara, like I have goals with her for the um, franchise and for my studios in general. 
but then of course like I own I have my own like secret goals that I work on you guys know how to do that we love it so we set goals every quarter we set we sit down with our team like individually like you said and I think it's just huge so that everybody knows the direction you're moving what the target is because sometimes you get lost in the weeds and you're like what are we actually working towards and so we track everything we track more things than we probably should, but we yeah. know like our numbers for everything, but it's something that's quantitative that we can be like, how have we done with something like a review, like Google reviews for service industry are huge. Yeah. So like monthly we'll look, and that's a huge part of the front desk role is like, are we talking with clients? Are we getting them to leave a review before? And yes. that's something that's easy to track and say, Hey, let's take a look at the numbers. How'd you do this month? So stuff like that does mean a lot and we love doing it. Yeah. And it just gives you a sense of like everything that you've accomplished too. Cause when you're so in the day to day, sometimes it's hard to like pick your head up and realize like, Oh my gosh, all the things that we set goals for this year that we actually accomplished is amazing. So like the reflection piece is really huge too. Exactly. And if you don't, if you're not tracking it, you don't know where you're going, you know, or where you need to go. So we like to end every interview with a fast five set of questions. (laughs) So just some things for you to to kind of think about. Um, So first is what's one non-negotiable thing that you do every single day? So one non-negotiable thing is just like loving on my family so hard, like making sure they know how loved they are every single day. I love that one. And what's one bucket list place that you'd like to travel to? I would love to go like somewhere like Fiji or Tahiti or like somewhere where you're on a hut over the water. That sounds amazing, right? Now. Yeah, it does. <laughs> go there. What are three traits that you think every entrepreneur should have? Okay. So three traits. I think you need to know how to set boundaries. I think that you definitely need to uh, be able to see where you're going. So like we said, setting goals, like you need to hold yourself accountable. And um, also just being able to grind it out, I guess, like being okay with grinding it out. Mm-hmm. If you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice, like when you were just starting with a glow, didn't know where, what the direction was going to go. What's one piece of advice you would give to yourself back then? To just know, like you can do this. Like there are going to be days where you doubt yourself, but you can't stay in that place. Like just keep going and stay focused, stay laser focused on what your goals are it's really hard to not get up and caught up in comparison, but those other people don't have the same goals as you. So you have to stay so laser focused on your goals. And then the last question, what is the best or worst piece of advice you were ever given that stuck with you? Okay. The best piece of advice is to just listen to your gut because there's so much noise out there and you And sometimes as an entrepreneur, you think you have to go this direction, that direction, listen to this person and that person, but you are taken away from listening to your gut and what you know will be right for your business. I love that. Well, this is great. There's so many good pieces of advice in this episode. Thank you so much. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find a glow and how they can come get their first spray tan if they haven't been in before. Yeah. So we, we are located in North Andover. Uh, Massachusetts, Wyndham, New Hampshire, and you can find us on aglowairbrushtanning.com. We are on Instagram. We have our aglow underscore official is the official page, but then we also have all the studio pages. So aglow underscore Wyndham, New Hampshire, aglow underscore North Andover. Um, And we have a lot of fun on Instagram. You guys know we have a lot of cool videos and a lot of uh, good education for our clients too. 
Amazing. And you guys know where to find us, businessmusclepodcast.com and at businessmusclepodcast on Instagram. I'm Dr. Ariel.dpt and Elise is Elise Kyra. And we'll see you guys next week. You just finished another episode of the Business Muscle Podcast. If you found value in this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Your reviews mean the world to us and help us reach other listeners who can make a big impact in the business world. Don't forget to join our Business Muscle Podcast Facebook group where you can ask questions and chat with other like-minded entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll bring you more expert advice and practical strategies to help you thrive. Thank you for being a part of the Business Muscle community and we'll catch you in the next episode.